It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We have a very special guest in the studio with us today. Kempe, who we got? Mate, we got the one and only Donk. <laughs> Paul, Paul Donk. Yeah, Donk. The Donk, yep, he's... Uh, well, he's a legend, mate. He was our manager back in 2002 on our run through to the final uh, for a couple of years before we headed over to Catla- uh, Catlands. But how are you going, Donk? How's yeah. things? Yeah, good. Thanks. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's great. No, going really well, mate. It's great to be back in the old uh, City of Sales. The City of Sales. And Ando oh. and still snore, does he? <laughs> well, we're close, but not that close, mate. We just have different rooms. But, uh, yeah, no, no, it's good to be back. Uh, I don't miss the rain. Um, that was one thing I always had problems with here. And, obviously, your uh, yep. your office smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let too much out of the bag. <laughs> mate, so, so let's, let's just crack into it. What what do you remember of those days? What, what like, What's some of the fond memories of those days? Oh, look, there were so many, you know, People always said, you know, they wanted to know when we, you know, we all parted. And I said, that's not what it was about. It was always about the great things. I mean, we had so much fun, Kempi, you know, when you look back, you know, the the basketball days. So what people don't understand is we had this basketball hoop and, uh, you know, the players would, would leave and then all of a sudden the coaches thought we were all... Who were we? NBA, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was Michael. I was Michael Jordan. Well, I don't know. Was there any fat basketballers? Because I would have been that bloke. I know, but we, you know, we played, and then we were just talking about it off air. You know, that you know, John Mitchell would come to our thing, and at the time he was the All Blacks coach, and he'd pull on the on the bib or whatever we used to do. But it wasn't. It was a rugby league basketball, wasn't it? It, it was, was fantastic. Yeah. You're allowed to tackle. There's no fouling. <laughs> like, you can get called You can get called up for a fouling, but it's a, it was a good time for that coaching stuff. I was telling Izzy about it. Like We, we didn't have a cast of thousands, but what you were, we were talking about that last week. What, what was so good about not having so much staff and just getting on with things? Oh, look, I think I spoke to you, Kempi, about the, the Sydney Swans have this, you know, uh, theory that they don't have a, I hope I can say the word, dickhead policy. But we had that before they even brought that out, mate. You know, the, the guys, everyone there, like Kia Hansen, um, yourself, Daniel, you know, to me to some extent. But they were, we didn't, everyone had like five jobs, mate. You know, we didn't just have one job. You know, everyone did everything and it was just... Everyone got on with their own job and then did everything else. So, you know, if something had to be picked up, we'd do it. You know, if something came off the ground, we'd do it. I just think that it was the greatest bunch of blokes that I've seen in a rugby league thing. So now, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, how much staff everyone has. But the thing then, we didn't need it, you know. And I still think that sometimes we do complicate things by putting too many people in, you know. I really do. Yeah, Kempi was talking about it earlier on, the resources, the limited resources you had, Paul Donkin. But I appreciate you coming in, and I can't really see you. You're just around <laughs> on the left there. If you lean, lean forward, I'll see your beautiful face. There you are. There you are, mate. There you are. Nice hey, I uh, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you coming into the studio, mate. Hey, just, just reflect on those earlier days. You had 
uh, Daniel Anderson, yeah, Tony Kemp is assistant coach, mate. What, what was Kempy like? Give us a little inkling to Kempy's <laughs> coaching style. <laughs> Look out. Maybe a wow. few stories, because I remember that year vividly, mate. I was a young kid in Hawke's Bay. I went and watched the grand final at uh, the Waipakaro Cinemas. It wasn't uh, what we wanted, but, mate, it's a hell of a career. What, what was Kempy like? Well, it's funny. I've been, you know, thinking about what when I first met Kempy, because my recollection of Kempy was, you know, I saw him play with Newcastle Knights way back in the day, and all I remember is that it gave a fat kid like myself in the Western suburbs of Sydney <laughs> hope to wear big shorts one day, because he wore massive shorts. But, look, he was, he was fantastic to me and, you know, my family when we first arrived to come here, and, uh, you know, he, he knew his stuff. He, you know, you don't get to where Kempy was from Shell and Peas, you know, he played at the highest level um, and he was passionate about the place which is always a bonus you know like we do take the piss out of each other but he was fantastic with all that thing so he knew when to be serious and he definitely knew when to yeah. be you know let's have a bit of a laugh and stuff like that but I'll tell you one thing he was we used to get lunch provided for us there <laughs> at one stage <laughs> I've never seen him move so quick every time that lunch thing would come I'd think where's Kempy go Woof, he was there he'd come back he'd have the biggest plate and I'll tell you what he made me look good now I'm beside him what about the, but the arms like you know the first thing I remember walking into the gym and I thought you know Kempy oh I've got to make Kempy and all I'm thinking about is his shorts and his big fat ass and then when I get there I went oh my god he's put my legs on his arms they're ginormous everything was beach weights with Kempy though there was no legs it was all <laughs> Let's get those beach weights out. <laughs> mate, mate. All right, enough of that. Enough of that because I actually want to talk. Not enough of that. Not enough of that. I want to talk, more, trust I me. Want to talk a little more. bit about that football team, mate. Don't, you know that football team, yeah. that run we had in 2002 because that's what you're here for. Right. We're back for the, the reunion of the 2002 grand final team. But just talk about that team, mate, you know, because you got really close to the boys. Yeah, look, it was great because I've just I flew over yesterday with Kevin Campion uh, to my right and then uh, Clinton Torbis to my left, and we had really good conversations about that whole period, you know. And they were disappointed. They still spoke, you know, how much it hurt them, and uh, you know, they they thought it was weird that we were celebrating a loss. But I said to them, we had to celebrate this on a couple of fronts. One that. Those kids, when we arrived, were pretty raw. Um, you know, they hadn't really been in structure like the Aussie kids. And they, mm. they, they proved that they weren't just uh, robotic sort of footballers. They were f sort of free to do whatever they did. And even, you know, Kevin Campion said he was frustrated because he'd played an Australian style of football where, you know, five hit-ups and a kick and whatever. But these kids here have natural ability um, you know, they're, they're, they're more than just footballers, they're athletes. You know, just to see things like, you know, I remember Ali Lautiti one day coming into the gym there, picking up the ball with one hand off the ground and leaping straight from a standing start and dunking the ball. So these kids here, just for me, I, you know, I'd been in, in a system at Parramatta from 94 to 2001 before I came here. And I'd never seen anything like it. I just couldn't believe the talent that these kids had um, and just the way they enjoyed everything. So th th it wasn't a chore for them. They seemed, didn't they, Kempi? They mm. really came to the, the ground every day with a smile on their face. And they really were keen to learn. And they, they were sponges. They, they learned as much as they could off you and Daniel and anyone else around them. 
and they were just really good kids. They they never really gave us too much problems either. So, you know, they had time on their hands, but they didn't get into trouble. They didn't go out, you know, mm. doing sh- silly things. They were just, I you know, I just say to anyone that any asked me, you know, it was a period of time that if we could, you know, sort of put into a box, we would keep them like that and just keep bringing them out again and again in New Zealand because mm. these guys were just way above their their pay rate they were just uh, awesome you know they, they they really were and and for us Aussies that we realistically you know came here blind and thinking the same thing that the Australians thought why have we got a New Zealand side why have we got a New Zealand side you know that's and we were selfish you know like I'm a Newtown supporter and they got out of the comp and I always went why have we got New Zealand when I want Newtown back in but this mm. that was the dumbest thought ever until we came here saw the culture of them the way they were talented and the way that there was just, every time you turned a stone, there was another Ali Lautiti or, you know, Jerry C. Sue. This is just an amazing place. And and those times there with those those blokes, they were so respectful. You know, they did, well, one time, I've got to tell a story later about how they, they stitched me up, but they were, you know, just great kids and then now, you know, great men. But, you know, they learned so much and that's what I was sort of saying, that... If it was me and I was running the club, those guys somehow would all have to fit in and they'd have to be somewhere to give you opinions or feedback on how to play the warrior style of old that gets you some success. You know, because that's how they that, Paul. I was going to ask you that, Paul. Like, you, you think back to 202 when you got it so right and you've just spoke about it. You come over here, the, we got a different a style, we got a different culture and... Our players learn differently. So what were the, some of the things that you could probably take back from 202 to add to this current crop that we have now? Because I feel like at now they probably um, haven't got the, the backroom mix right on how they're uh, portraying the conversation or giving those messages to the players to bring the best out of them. So if you think back to 202, how would you, how did you bring the best out of the boys? Uh, well, I mean, it, it definitely the games get complicated. As we've spoken before... You know, you're looking at uh, a lot more science into the game where, you know, we didn't really have a science. Well, Kia was... Kia, Kia had those heart rate monitors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were for me, but... Um, but he... Look, I, 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 to, to, be, to be honest, or as you go, I say, to be fair, um, I just think that we've sort of stifled their play and, and I, I honestly believe that you've got to try to find one or two maybe big, tough Australian boys that are really disciplined. You don't want them to be the superstar. I don't think New Zealand should ever buy any players um, that are halfbacks or superstars. There's, it's no point because you've got them here. You have to turn them into something. But I would I would seriously say that if you can get those kids in early into your systems and just have everything replicated from the under-15s right through to the first grade, you will see that there's some success in there, and then what will happen is the coaches or the t- or the club will weed out those people that aren't really committed to it, and then you would have the rest of the guys that would come, and you would have this culture that continues, like Melbourne culture. You know, Melbourne continues, and people scratch their head, why does it always that they lose so many great players, but then they have success the following year? The Warriors are exactly the same. They they just don't realise the culture that they had. 
and it sort of went away. And there's, you know, there's lots of reasons and lots of people got involved and there's been different owners and whatever. So that becomes a complex thing. But I think, honestly, that it's here and it just needs to get some sort of that culture back from the 202 is that I would sit down and as I've spoken to Kempi about it, that you would get in a room, have a think tank and say, you know, you don't have to take all their their advice, but you should say at some stage, how did they win? You know, the most successful period in, in Warriors history, short history, was from 201 to 204, right? And then it just stopped. But we were young. We were, you know, we were I was young. only 32, 34 or something. You were a bit younger than us. And it was just, you know, it, was, it wasn't whirlwind and we were learning on our feet. But the kids were learning with us and they brought into the culture and they, they ran the culture in the end, you know. Blokes with, with strong morals and strong standing like, you know, um, Kevin Campion. And, but even, just even, not even Kevin Campion because, he, you know, he's an Australian. But, you know, Motu and the whole lot, they were all there. And then once you broke that up, it sort of left but why did it leave? Because we didn't instill that thing to continue down. So, you know, I still think that New Zealand Warriors should never be out of the eight. And I think it's not that hard to get back a little bit of the culture of how to win. And again, it doesn't need, you know, us bully Australians coming over and telling us how to play your game. Get the New Zealand game and tell us how you want to play. And wasn't that, and wasn't that the key? Wasn't that the key? Like, oh. the Australian, we had Australians come in, me and Ando, real young. Um, you were a young manager. Keir was straight out of university as a yeah. scientist. And we just went, well, we want them fit. And this is, we want those fundamental skills um, to be so good that their school will take over once they get on a football field. What do you remember about that side when they were playing against the Australians? What, you were talking to the Aussies as well about the Warriors. What were they? What were their thoughts about that Warriors team that we had back then? Well, it, I spoke to lots of players that I knew from Australia, you know, like Nathan Highmarshes out of Parramatta and stuff. They were just gobsmacked that we could play that type of football week in, week out, and they didn't know how to defend it. So, you know, Brian Smith, the great technician that he was, would study video before anyone started video and whatever. They couldn't break us down. You know, they knew that Ali Lautiti was going to get the ball and pass it to Clinton Torpy, but they didn't know when. Mm. So what you're doing is you're surprising the, that side every day, right? So even the other Aussies started to make – they stood up. It was the first time, honestly, in that whole whole period when we were here and we started to have success, that the Aussies looked over their shoulder and went, Jesus, we've we've, we've opened a can, can of worms here. This, is, this could be anything. And – I just honestly, you know, it, it was something that we needed. And, like, I even remember Ray Warren who, you know, he was family friends and I went to school with his, his sons and stuff. And he, I remember him saying to me, I've been waiting for this since they come into the competition, you know. And then, you know, it stems back from seeing that in 1986 when New Zealand beat Australia for the first time at Carlow Park and stuff. You know, some of us wanted it, but then when it came... No one wanted it, <laughs> you know. But but that's that's what I mean. Uh, it, this this is still a sleeping giant, and you know, New Zealand have got to realise that they've got more than what it takes. And that you know, look look, there's so many clubs here, and we spoke about it yesterday on the plane with with who I was on with, and we said, so in Australia, 
Manly have their region where they can pick their juniors from. Parramatta have their region, Penrith, whatever. And no one can go into them. So Canterbury can't come into the Parramatta That's right. place, right? But in New Zealand, it's free game. <laughs> so every bugger's here. The Roosters are here. Yeah. Daniel Anderson, yeah. you bludger. <laughs> He's here signing blokes everywhere. But then the thing is, though, you've got to get the Warriors to a point. And look, well, Daniel should be working here, mate. Seriously, he's he's the best development guy out, out there. He should be working here. Um, do we need to take a break? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Here's, here's a question for you all. Ponder this and we'll come back. Um, question for Kempi and Donk. Do you think the Storm played last night to intentionally run fifth? Applying logic, they should beat the Raiders with eyes closed next weekend. So have a, just, I love I love stuff like that. I love the conspiracists. Right, snap, snap pole verdict, Donk and Kempe. Did Melbourne lose intentionally last night? Yes. Oh, hell no. 100%. Just look, it's false economy. They just want to make Parramatta think they can win the comp. They'll never win the comp. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a Parramatta supporter. No, I'm not. Oh. I'm a Newtown. Look. Oh, he's Newtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very but, good. But, but loves Parramatta. Right. <laughs> I was thinking that was that terrible NFL side. Um, oh. <laughs> all right, 49ers. boys. What else? So tonight you've got the big do. You've got the big session. All of the old boys in one room. No fighting, Kempe. How's it going to go? Oh, no fun, just a lot of, lot of you know, don't tell them lies, really, telling stories and telling lies about me. He'll, he'll tell plenty of those. One thing I want, to, I want to quickly get to, though, before we go to our next break, Donk, is just that grand final night. So we've, we've spoken about that. We've all got our theories on what happened and why why the Aussies didn't want us to win that trophy. But what's your thoughts on it, being, coming from Australia? Um, uh, look, it wasn't until afterwards, and I thought about it, you know, straight after the game, there was multiple things that I hated about it. Um, one, we were trying to be bullied. We we were the minor premiers, right? So we had the right to wear the, any colour jersey we wanted. We had the first right to where we stayed in, you know, Australia and everything. So we played Cronulla on the Sunday. We jumped. They forced us back on a plane that night. We arrived here with fanfare at the airport about midnight. We were back on a plane on I think we had Tuesday off maybe or something like that. Mm. And then they said, you've got to come to the, the breakfast. And we said, well, this is just impossible. We, you know, we need to stay here. We need to promote the game within this country. But no, they wouldn't. So we had to get back on a plane and we got over there. And then we had to sit in suits at, at where the media come and watch us eat breakfast on a stage, which was a bit weird. But it was weird. Yep. But, but everyone used to watch you eat because you're always eating. Mouth, mouth's open. Yeah, Christ. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Just like this. <laughs> What's normal? Um, Kubota. <laughs> but, but then the funny thing was it started. So my role after that breakfast is we had to sit down. There was the, you know, I think at the time the head of, head of NRL was there. Um, and then they had the Roosters guy, uh, Brian Cavanagh there. And so straight away, Brian just starts saying, well, this is what we're doing. We're wearing the uh, blue jerseys and we're staying at Coogee. And I said, hey, hang on a minute. No, you're not. You know, we, we get all the rights. Oh, listen, mate, you know, this is, this is the way it goes. You know, this is our hometown. You know, we, we're from Coogee. So, we, you know, we argued and eventually we got our way with our jerseys and stuff like that. And then they came to us and said, uh, right, our kickoff will be, uh, you know, Australian time, eight thirty. So eight thirty. So eight thirty is ten thirty here, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think that our, 
you know, we didn't have much time back here. Our body clocks hadn't done too much. The players were sort of in, in a spin because there was so much hype, you know, here. Then they wanted to celebrate with their family, so they were away from their family. They get pushed back over to Sydney, and it's all about the Roosters. So every time they open a newspaper, it's all about how the Sydney Roosters are going to beat the New Zealand Warriors. So they're behind the eight ball. So then what happens is the media get involved. 8.30 turns out to be 10 to 9, which is what time here? 10 to 11. Classic rugby league. You know, Kempi doesn't stay up these days past 9 (laughs) o'clock. Then, in the box, I remember yelling out, Kempi, what do you want? And he went, (laughs) he was asleep. You know, it's half time. Kempi, wake up. But, look, I I honestly think that it was against this, and then they actually changed the times eventually to suit that, you know, because it was too late, and it was. It was just a horrific thing. It was a set-up. It was a a set-up, and I guess what people don't realise is that during that week, we really needed didn't have a chance to put our feet on the ground and yeah. and get on with winning that grand final. And and we just about did it. We got to that grand final and we competed. And everyone's saying it was the Villasanti hit that turned Moz into a beast and Moz came in and took it out. I actually just think that, you know, there's a couple of plays in that game that if it goes our way, we probably get home on the sniff, sniff of an oily rag. I think we were tired. Oh, we were definitely tied. They, you know, you I, know I, that no, back I end no of the doubt. game, we were all over them, and then the back end of the game, we just run out because it's it's by that stage, it's half past twelve. That's right. You know, I look. I I honestly think that you know, again, we were we were young in the head office, and then we were young as you know, playing with the football. I, yeah, I look. I agree, I, and I hate to say it as an Australian, but that's we we definitely didn't want you base to win. Yeah, brutal, brutal stuff. We're 28 away from nine. Uh, good memories for Paul Donkin in the studio. Tony Kemp, we'll wrap it up and say goodbye to Paul on the other side of this. Hey, Izzy, have a look at these couple of texts here. Read them to Donkin Kempi. They'll love them. Yeah, boys, that was an awesome interview. He was right about get them early, and if they don't want to be here, ship them off and keep New Zealand and the Warriors option first. That is from George. So he wants the New Zealand Warriors to be New Zealand Warriors. Another one from Paddy. So good hearing those memories of the grand final seems utterly ridiculous. Looking at the club now, that at one stage we were minor premiers in the grand final when now we're literally one win ahead of the wooden spoon. Up the waz, cheers Paddy from Christchurch. <laughs> so a couple of passionate supporters there boys. Oh, Good to bring them some memories. Hey Donk, just before we let you go, any regrets? Not meeting Izzy personally. He looks a champion. <laughs> You're the good looking one out of this crew, I'm telling you. Oh, Doc. Good hairline. There's Doc. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, mate, nah, it's been uh, been a bit Honestly, I remember that that, that final, and you did right, eh? At halftime, Stacey Jones in that try, just for half, I was like, man, we got this. We're we're in with a chance here. 8 6, come on. Bang. But, mate. Like you said, I love what you say. The New Zealand Warriors, they had their they had their mantra, they had their culture, they had their identity. What we talk about quite a lot on the show is the identity of the Warriors. They've gone away from it. They need to get back. So tonight, Donk, when you have a couple of tubes, just <laughs> ring it into the ears, all right? He'll be ringing in my ears, I can tell you that right now, is he? But, uh, mate, hey, I just want to say thanks a lot for taking the time this morning. I know it's uh, been a long trip over and a, and a long time before drink uh, between drinks between me and you but um, I just want to say thanks for coming over Donk I'll never forget those days I think I'll tell on the boys before you come in that they cut our time way too short as young 30 uh, 30 year olds Emmy you and Ando 
And uh, yeah, what could have been? That's uh, we've got to yep. take that one's one with us when we leave this plane. But uh, good to see you, mate. Looking forward to catching up with you this afternoon for a beer. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Go to the New Zealand Warriors. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.